Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole Podcast. I am your host, Michael Nunez. The panelists today are Emmanuel, David, William, and today we'll be talking about workspace, workstations, and working agreement. Tools and objects that gives us the ability to deliver great code. Do we have any teaching learns today? Yeah, well, there's a change in the client I'm at where one strider is rolling off and one strider is rolling in, but I'm staying. So I'm the one sort of in charge of getting that started up to speed on our code base. And it's been really interesting because I've noticed that I've had to, well, I've decided to times when I could have jumped in and fixed it to let that other strider just work out the problem on their own. Mm-hmm. And because as I see them kind of struggling to make the connections in their mind that are in the code base. And I hope that that's helpful because I've, you know, in the past, I probably would have tried to just, okay, I know how to fix this or I know how to do this. I've been looking on this for like the last six months, so I know what I'm doing. But I think it's better to, in fact, give that person the space mm. so that they can figure out on their own, even though I probably, I, right now, I could do it faster, but I think in like a month or two, giving them the space will allow both of us to do even faster than before. Mm. Do you find like you're getting a better understanding of the code base by explaining it as well? Or Yes, I've had to. I mean, having a fresh set of eyes, this person then has asked questions that I probably take for granted or wouldn't have thought of. And he asks why a lot. And I probably asked why a lot the first time, but I stopped asking why <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> And just, this is just how this thing is. And he's willing to ask, why could we do this differently? And that's been really helpful as well. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I find when pairing with more junior people who ask lots of questions, I always end up with a better understanding after having explained it. Because why is a really powerful question to answer. Mm-hmm. It is. Yep. Six whys, all that. <laughs> the six whys? Wow, yeah. that's even deeper. That's like Rico's analysis, right? It's five. Well, I've heard the five whys. Oh, it's five whys? Yeah, but I, I mean, oh. I like that you're taking it to the next level. That's... Yeah, I don't stop. It's recursive. Five why plus one. <laughs> that extra, uh, that extra mm-hmm. why. I've been learning. I think before in time, I mentioned that I've been doing some React Native, just fiddling with React. And I ran into this package that's been helpful, React Native Sound. So I'm actually able to play a sound on the application that I'm building. It's going to be a pretty basic application of you clicking on a button and it saying a sound. I don't want to release any spoilers. So when the app does come out, it's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No one will know what sound it is. Yeah, no, I mean, it's probably a combination of my face and Bobby. But that's all I'm going to say. That's, that's all there is. Yeah. I feel like I can imagine what this is already. So. Yeah, no, I mean, but it's really cool. Like, I can I, hear it. Like, if you think about like sound when it enters like into a computer, you have to be able to grab the track that it's on and then stop it and then play. So using React Native to, or this package, React Native Sound to capture the sound architecture that's on the iOS simulator, which I'm using right now. It's pretty cool because they have all these functions that I would not have thought of. It's like, oh, I'm just going to play this sound and I have to stop this sound. But like, no, you have to check the channels of, of the module, this, mm. the speaker module to determine, you know, where you want to play it and whatnot. And it's, it's been pretty interesting to learn because I thought I was just going to be simply playing sounds. And, but it's cool to see like all the things you could do with React Native Sound. Cool. So it sounds like there's like pretty robust like multimedia you can do with React Native. It's not too limited i guess well i guess like slack is react native and 
think Discord as well. So they have some pretty wild stuff that they're doing. Oh yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Like it's it almost feels like I'm building a web app, but it's just simply just I mean, the way the syntax is a little different, but mm. just been dealing with the React Native has been a lot of fun. Like, oh I have an idea on how to build that, like working in React right now. Oh, I'll try this, build this little component, see what happens. And then boom, it's just made. And then I the fact that you can make it for both iOS and Android at the same time. So my app is gonna be everywhere. So I'm hoping <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so we'll jump right into the main topic. We'll be talking about workspace, workstations, and working agreement, just pretty much the things we have around us and at the desk that we can reach to to ensure that we can you know, communicate better and deliver code and ensure that we get all our stories done and whatnot. One thing that I've seen as of late has been stand-in desk. I know a lot of people, a lot of developers have been getting stand-in desk, and I wanted everyone's thoughts on stand-in desk. How does people feel about that? I think it's far more important that your desk is the appropriate height for you personally than that it is either standing or sitting. Mm. There is a whole bunch of ergonomics research that's been done on how the way that you sit or the way that you stand for long periods of time affects your work product and your quality of life. And I find that, you know, as a consultant, I'm often in a new office, new environment with, you know, new desks and seating and things and it's always really noticeable to me when the organization pays attention to ergonomics. So like one of the rules for ergonomics is that your monitor should be about arm's length in front of you. So if you stick your arm out, your fingertip should be just barely touching your monitor. And if you do that, you know, it's not really noticeable at first, but then, you know, you realize, oh man, my monitor has been way too close or my monitor has been way too far away. Also, the URL bar, if you're in the browser, that should be at eye level. So you want the whole monitor itself to be a little bit below directly in front of you. Your forearm should be able to come out from elbow level with relaxed shoulders for the ideal keyboard height. Your both feet should be flat on the floor. And like when you're working in an environment where that's the way that it feels, it's really noticeable. Oh, wow. I had, when I was doing my own startup, was the only time that I was able to completely fully customize my <laughs> setup because for most of my career, I've been a consultant and have been, you know, in other people's offices with other people's setups. And I can really tell the difference, particularly desk height and keyboard height. Also, it's impossible to have an ergonomic setup with a laptop because mm-hmm. you can't have both your keyboard and your monitor at the right height if they're attached to each other. Yep. It's just mm-hmm. not possible. It's not happening. So like ergonomic is not having a hunchback. (laughs) Yeah, that's like kind of unfortunate because like I do like having some flexibility and like being able to like move from location to location that you get from having a laptop because I I feel like if I feel stuck, like kind of going to a different place helps me get to a, a different thought pattern and like it helps me get unstuck sometimes. So like, yeah, it is kind of unfortunate that like laptops do encourage the worst of behaviors, but like I think standing desks are nice because they they let you kind of keep some of those ergonomics and like change the way that you are a little bit and still keep working. So like that's I, I used to consult a lot as well, and I I would work from home sometimes, and so I had a standing desk set up, and I would flip between the sitting desk and the standing desk, and that would kind of like constitute like you know, my change of scenery for the day. I would like sit at my desk. Okay, go over here, stand over here, work. 
and yeah just get a different perspective and also like kind of move around because like it's kind of tough being a programmer and you know not having any real reason to move Uh, (laughs) 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 but yeah yeah i think if you have if you have one of the standing desks that lifts and sinks you know the ones that are adjustable yeah Yeah. then you can have the perfect arm height and the perfect monitor height the perfect keyboard and monitor height and it'll adjust with you so you can be sitting or standing without having to having to change anything Mm -hmm. and i really like i agree with you about laptops being great for moving from one physical space to another either for unsticking yourself or just so that you can have a laptop in a meeting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i always set up my workstation so that it's easy to remove my laptop and put it back so that I can still be mobile and have a good setup most of the time. Mm-hmm. So you just yank, like the ability to yank out all the, the, the USB and the power cord and the HDMI to just run out. Is that what you Yeah, yeah. I'll, us- us- I'll, I'll usually cord them together yeah. so that they're always right next to where they need to be plugged in when my laptop is sitting on, this, on its stand. All right. right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, listening to William talk about all the... Er- ergonomics has revealed to me how little I actually do any of that stuff. (laughs) I was just, I was, I felt changed. (laughs) Both feet on the ground. I got got them on the legs of the chair. Just like feet are up. (laughs) It's it's like both feet on the ground. Like as you were explaining the arm length thing and I was just on my laptop, I was like, Oh my goodness. I had this thing like, I have a fist, and yeah, you almost punched. You I almost punched, punched your laptop. I punched my laptop. Like a- <laughs> no, but really, like I, I have all these ideas now about how I need to set up when I'm at, at least when I'm at home. I went to the Recurse Center, and I was mentoring somebody through their program, mm. and that person eventually said, "Oh, I was stopped," and they sent me a gift. And the gift they sent me was a stand for my laptop because every time we would Google Hangouts, I, would, I was hunched over the laptop. Wow. <laughs> I would be looking down on them. And they sent me, the person lives in California, and he sent me a stand so my laptop would be like, I <laughs> <laughs> This is after we stopped meeting, and he, he just sent that to me for like next time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, you got to keep it up, and we got to yeah. see your face. So yeah, I have like terrible like setup. I mean, at the client I'm at, the in-house devs can have these adjustable standing desks where, you know, you, I've seen them like, you know, push a button and it goes up and yeah. it buzzes cool. up and they do it. Fancy. And, yeah, it's motorized. And it, it's motorized and everything, right? Us as consultants do not have that. <laughs> I mean, the problem is you could probably get it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get it. Mm-hmm. The problem is you have to take it with you when you go. And those things are heavy. Oh, no. It's like ones- 70 pounds. Like I'm not lugging that like to the next client. I'm not. It's just too difficult. What are we going to do? The ones at this client are like installed, like drilled into the space. Like the Wait, that's the motorized one? Yeah, yeah. They have oh, that the- one's cool. <laughs> facilities crew come in and they like drill into like your desks and mm. <laughs> they drill into place they put the oh yeah. my gosh yeah, yeah it is that's, a serious thing it's like a tipping <laughs> hazard right yeah like. <laughs> yeah they, they make sure it's secure and everything you, also if you're moving you're not allowed to touch anything right so for instance if the stuff belongs to the client company we can't touch it but if it belongs to, to stride us we can move it right so the client devs when they're moving seats, like they have to have someone else move all their stuff for them. Yeah, it's like that in multiple clients too. Like at where I am now, it's like, oh wait, that's a filing cabinet. 
leave that right there. We'll hire someone still. It's like, no, I'm totally capable of picking up or rolling it. It has wheels. I can roll it to the desk where I'm on. No, 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 no. Don't touch it. <laughs> we got it. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's like, the, the it's like union, union work or something. Yeah, no, it's like, don't, 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 don't take my job. Like, <laughs> we got arms too. We'll take care of it for you. The motorized one are pretty cool because you can, there's someone at my client who has it and you can move it up and down and then you can preset it as it has like 10 numbers, like zero through nine. Okay. And you can like raise the height and then hold the number zero. So that's the zero setting. So like, oh, if you're ready to be at zero setting, setting which is standing, if you want it to be standing, you just press zero and it would, boom, mm. and it's standing out. Like, oh, I'm sitting down now. So you go down, you set it for number one, boom, and it just goes down. And it's like magical. You just go, boom, and you just watch it. It does it for you. Huh, that's neat. It's like uh, the other ones where you have to use your arms to, to do like, who, who wants to do that? No. <laughs> I just wanna, yeah. What, <laughs> what am I, savage? No. Just press the button, boom. That's it. It's great. Have you ever used a standing desk to do pairing? Mm, I I have, but I always ask what the other person wants to do. It's just like, mm-hmm. I don't want to force them because I'm lazy, right? If it was up to me, I would sit. But if they want to stand, <laughs> fine, I'll stand. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but it's I don't want to enforce anyone to change how they're going to do their work. Mm. So I don't mind standing. It's just, I mean, what are your thoughts on pairing? And, and I've never done it before. I'm just trying to imagine the mechanics. It, it seems like it'd be tough to have like a level surface for two keyboards and all that. Oh, no, no. So it's usually just one. And it's mm. like, it's like wrestling. It's like tag team. You, you gotta, you're, you're the driver and you're punching keys and, mm. and writing code. And the navigator's like, you know, helping you out and getting the work done. But like the minute you're gonna swap, it's like, Boom, tag in. You got to jump back. The guy comes in or the girl and they just start coding. It's great. But you, it's really difficult to have a pairing session with two keyboards when you have a standing desk. I don't think the motorized ones have enough space. I haven't seen one with enough space for two. Mm-hmm. But I know the I've done it with the, you know, the clickable adjustable standing desk mm-hmm. where you have to literally swap out with another person in that like standing position. I think the one that I've seen also is one person is forced to sit down at all times because that person doesn't have a standing desk mm-hmm. and right. the other person gets to use the standing desk however they see fit. Okay. I worked on a client where my parent and I both like, so we would pair while standing and we were using, this was really ghetto. We just had these little Ikea stands. They were like probably designed to be little tables or maybe like a nightstand or something. I don't know. But we would put them on top of the desk and that was, that was how you would stand. And so I could, I could be standing and my pair could be sitting and we didn't even really move the Ikea desk. We just left it there and then we would move the laptop to underneath the desk, okay. which is still on top of the table. Okay. I know uh, exactly what you're talking about. The Ikea, I like, if you Google Ikea standing desk, the following auto suggest is hack. And it's like this thing you build. Uh, it was like 22 bucks. Like I remember my brother telling me like, oh, I'm going to build this standard desk, but I need to go to Ikea and buy a set of things that don't match. Like, <laughs> it's like from two completely different Ikea sets, but it makes the perfect quote unquote air quotes standard desk. And I mean, it's 22 bucks. You can't complain. It's just like um, either you're standing or you're sitting. Like if we were talking about Stone Age, clearly that's the Stone Age. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, put a ton of books. Right on one on top of the other. It's great. Yeah, yoga blocks. Yeah, <laughs> show, shout out to Ikea with the $22 standing desk. <laughs> As you mentioned before, with pairing on a standing desk, monitors, like depending on the size of the monitor, is pretty important. I imagine if you're pairing with 
someone and you only have one monitor, that screen has to be at least 21 inches. Like what are, I don't know. I don't, I haven't bought a monitor in forever. I just kind of accept whatever the client has. Do you guys have any preferences on like whether you just, you want two keyboards per pair versus one sharing? What are some of the thoughts on that? I have strong feelings about that. I think that it's really <laughs> <laughs> it's really important that both you and your pair have your own keyboard and mouse and ideally monitor. Mm. Not ideally. I think also monitor. I think that there's significant friction when you have to physically move in order to switch from driver to navigator. And when that friction is removed, you can really tell the difference. Mm. It becomes much more seamless to tag the other person in and then the other person feels more comfortable being tagged in. I really notice a difference. So I usually, I will bring an extra keyboard, and an extra mouse. I will request an extra monitor. I don't want to have to carry a monitor, <laughs> but we'll request an extra monitor so that I can do this. Hmm. Really, my first pairing experience was at the App Academy Bootcamp and what they had us do was share a keyboard. Mm. and share the monitor where it was probably kind of intense because you were ping-ponging every five minutes. And so we had this one monitor, one keyboard, one monitor, and you'd be in the middle of like a typing something out, next person finishes that, that you know method name or whatever it was you were doing. And now it's different because we have two monitors and one extra wide, no, two keyboards and, and two, two mice and one extra wide screen. Mm at the client I'm at now. And so I kind of miss the one monitor, one keyboard because it would force the pair and I to be more in sync because then the pair would have to finish like the sentence halfway or the method name or the code halfway. So you have really strict enforcement of the switch. It's like after five minutes, you have to switch. Yeah, at there it was, you have to switch. Like Mm. even if you're halfway through something, you're switching. Mm. at five minutes now you know i just adapt to whoever i'm pairing with i think we do a 15 minute switch but that's it's not really enforced all that strongly we kind of go with the a flow and the feel but i think there's a there's a benefit in having that strict enforcement because then both people have to be in tune and pay attention because you're up in five minutes to finish whatever we were working on together I mean, there's one way you can enforce it, and that's just removing the USB on the other person's keyboard. Like mm. that, I've actually have thought. I mean, I've done it before, where I was like, "Okay, I'm. This is like I've been driving for some time. You're the navigator. I'm removing the USB from my keyboard so that <laughs> you can navigate. And if I jump in, like there is no like it's it's a bad habit to jump in and punch the keys. But if yeah. they're not connected, then it's pretty strict. Like you you got the power." That's the, the, <laughs> the way that I have it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about this, like, distinction between having two monitors versus one monitor. Because, like, I've done pairing, I guess, only with one monitor. And when I had a workstation, like, at my previous job, I would try to have two monitors, but they'd be smaller. And a more recent engagement, I actually have one really large monitor. And I, I find it really nice to have everything on one screen without having a division. Like you're not having to look around too much. Like I'm curious, like what's the main benefit of having two monitors? Oh, so to clarify, I mirror the two monitors. So you're not having to look at the other person's screen to see anything. Oh, okay. So it's two monitors with the same same content. Yeah. It's okay. for it's so that you don't have to crane your neck. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Like there it. is a problem with craning my neck, even with the extra wide screen we have at the client. Because if we're working, you know, we have a split screen where we have the specs on one side and the the coder writing on the other. There is like a... <laughs> Just like a shift of your neck that you have yeah. to turn to. <laughs> Double take. Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. One of the issues that I have with the mirror monitors is that like, let's say I want to point at something to someone. <laughs> yes. I'm often pointing at my monitor, not knowing that they can't see what I'm pointing at. So I've learned to like use the mouse when it comes to that. Like, oh, you mm. know, highlight the variable or, or line numbers. Yeah, or the line number. Yeah, no, because I'm like, oh, yeah, right there. And I'm pointing at it. And they're like, right where? What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, right there. You don't see it. But no, of course, because I mean, having the two monitors mirrored at the end of the day, is very important and informative and you have your own space and you can see a lot more clear without breaking your neck. But that was like one of the hurdles that I had to get over. It's just like, don't point with your finger, point with the mouse. No, <laughs> yeah, remote pairing really broke me of that habit. Yeah, no, you, They're yeah. definitely not going to see your finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Another set of tools that I find very useful are Whiteboards. I often find myself running to a whiteboard if I have to explain something to my pair that I'm working with or if I have to explain a particular problem to someone in my team. Are there any other like tools you guys need? Or do you, how often do you guys run into a whiteboard? Do you have whiteboards at where you're at right now? How does that all work out in the daily workspace? I have a corkboard next to my workstation. And so I use that to pin up some different like diagrams, like printoffs from like system generated, you know, UML diagrams and things like that. So that way it's, it's there and we can kind of refer back to that if we have any question about how the tables are related and what data is related to what and how the systems interact. I think that's pretty helpful, like having kind of an overview just right on hands. And yeah, it's nice to have like for putting like post-its or cards up on too. For me, it's, Note cards and a Sharpie. That's mm-hmm. my go-to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are very, very helpful. I find myself being much less likely to grab the keyboard if I have like the index cards and Sharpie ready to like write down the task that I'm working on. Another thing that I actually have that helps is a Rubik's Cube. Like that keeps my hands occupied as I'm turning it and thinking about the problem with my pair allows me to just to have something in my hands to kind of like turn and whatnot is pretty cool. But the index cards definitely help when it comes to writing out tasks and whatnot. Hmm. Yeah, I really want that fidget cube. I, I, was, just, I was just thinking about that. I was like, this, you're a perfect market for the fidget cube. <laughs> oh, wait, is that the one where it's like each side is like you click here and then you press a button on the other side and then yeah, yeah it has all these yeah. different things? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I've seen it before. They're really small. Uh, that's like the only issue I have. That they, I mean, from what I've seen. Yeah, I yeah, like they the do Rubik's look really cube, small. Rubik's cubes are awesome. Everyone should go get a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, other developer toys, like, I really like having developer toys just to, because someone once told me people who work with their minds think with their hands, mm. and that really rang true to me. Mm. And so, you know, in the office, I remember we had, like, snap toys. They were, like, it was like a, a snake necklace that you could like snap and put something? back together. Mm. Like a bracelet, yeah. yeah. And that was really satisfying. We had, like, these squishy balls, there were a stress reliever. That one was all right. It was good if you threw it because it mm. bounced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really do think it helps like for concentration. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And 
the setup we have now, when we first got, we were right next to a whiteboard. And so oftentimes we would just get up and just whiteboard really quick and go sit back down. And we were working on something really kind of complicated. We would spend a lot of time just standing up at a whiteboard, would sit down, go back to it again, sit back. And mm-hmm. that, was, that having easy access was really helpful. And then we moved somewhere else where we didn't have as easy access to a whiteboard. And so we kind of had to, I'm not sure what we did really. We, we, we didn't really have a chance to kind of visually represent our ideas, right? We often had to talk to them. It was through verbal communication instead of sort of showing, which helps, I think, clarify or actually get both people on the same page. You know, both of you can draw on that whiteboard and say, I drew this. And then the person changes the drawing to go, what about this there? Mm -hmm. And then so there's this back and forth that happens that I missed. But now we're back to the place where the whiteboard is right next to us. (laughs) Nice. And also, I like putting post-it notes at the bottom of my screen as I'm thinking of something or I need to do this later. I can't do it now. Or if I do do it now, it's going to just take me away from what I'm trying to do now. Mm -hmm. So I like to just put them a whole bunch of them. Well, not, not a whole bunch. Hopefully it doesn't get too much, but I, I will have four or five at the bottom of the screen. Mm. And then as I'm getting it done, I'll just take it off, put it away. Those two things I find helpful. Yeah. I find movable whiteboards are really great for that. Because when you need it, you want it right next to you. And when you don't need it, you really don't want it taking up space. <laughs> <laughs> I like using post-it notes, too. Although I always felt bad about how much paper I was wasting because, like, the post-it is kind of larger than any note that I would normally write on it. Mm. And I'd be like, oh, well, there's still some paper here. Maybe I'll use it later. But I find those really tiny ones, and those are, like, perfect. <laughs> I love them. I have no qualms with throwing them away. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh kind of move along we're going to talk about really quick just like the working agreement you have with a pair when a pair when you introduce someone to a pair pairing session excuse me what are some of the things that you agree on when you say all right i can pair if i can do x y and z like an example i have is i usually bring up pomodoros where we do 25 minutes of you know concentrated work with the five minute break because that allows both of us to agree on the fact that I'm going to look at my phone and I'm going to dedicate five minutes to checking on voicemails or emails that I have from the company and whatnot. Any other agreements you guys have? Like, do you guys come in really early or like stay in late? Like, what are your thoughts on that? One of the agreements that was not initially what I worked out with the person I was working with, but eventually as we noticed that this person had all these responsibilities outside of the client work. And so we sort of like, okay, every three Pomodoros, we're going to take like 15, 20 minutes because you have to like answer 20 emails. Mm, (laughs) (laughs) And this stopped it from happening while we were working. Well, mostly anyway, so we're happening while we were working. And that really helped us kind of like, I felt from my, from my point of view, get more in tune and we're able to get together into a better flow and exchange ideas. Mm. Whereas these constant, breaks where the person had to like check an email respond to this respond to that would really break what we were doing at the moment i have some working agreements too definitely pomodoro always do that one so i have a habit a bad habit of skipping pomodoro breaks when i'm really in the zone Mm -hmm. so one thing i'll do is i'll drink a lot of water 
She's sort of like a biological Pomodoro <laughs> break enforcer. That is a great Pomodoro break yeah. enforcer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, I mean, and then you gotta, you gotta look forward to that break yeah. and you go and take your five minutes. Yeah. I guess that's not really a working agreement. That's like me <laughs> self-limiting. Another working agreement, an actual working agreement that I usually do is around when to switch as driver navigator. Mm. Sometimes if I'm starting out with somebody, particularly if they don't do a lot of pairing, I'll break out a chess clock and you know we'll we'll enforce this is how much time i get on the clock this is how much time you get on the clock and we're going to pair for exactly the right amount of time and then as we get more comfortable i'll you know talk about abandoning the chess clock and just leaning in you know mm-hmm. if you you just lean in when you want to type and like we will get to know each other's habits and you know try and be respectful about not typing over the other person when they're in the middle of a thought and if one person does that then the other person raises it Mm -hmm. so i find people are much more willing to tell you that something is bothering them if you give them permission ahead of time yeah hey i know this is a thing that i do that might bother you please tell me when if and when this bothers you right Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of like one of the stride social rules also right like Mm -hmm. and also recurse like Mm -hmm. you know giving people permission to like interrupt if there's like a well actually Mm-hmm. right like if someone's correcting you unnecessarily then it's like okay well we've already accepted that this is something that we're not going to do so it's okay if you bring it up cool i have one more thing i like to ask and it concerns i mean it's about food i imagine developers cannot work without snacks in the office so what are some of your favorite snacks that you guys like to have in the office so i really like gum we have some ice cubes that I am kind of addicted to, and whenever they're around, they're like icebreakers ice cubes. I'll I'll just eat them by the fistful. <laughs> it's can't even yeah. Open your mouth anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, nobody's told me that it's annoying. I working agreement. If anybody is annoyed by me like chewing tons of gum all the time, let me know. <laughs> I try not to be noisy about it, but. It's like it's snacks that never run out, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like you, you never get full off of gum. So you can just continue to have, like, I don't know, maybe I have an oral fixation or something. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy gum. No, I mean, gum is good, especially like when you're pairing with someone like I always get not to offend anyone, but it's like, hey, do you want gum before we start this pairing? He's like, what are you saying? Like, well, brother, no, it's just, it's, I'm going to have one, mm. so you should have one, and then everything will be great, and that's mm-hmm. it. So, I mean, like, gum is we'll good. Come together. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not having, like, onion chips or whatever. Like, that'll probably mm-hmm. be more hurtful. I mean, does anyone oh, like onion chips as they I mean, I'm pretty sure it's bad for the keyboard so, and bad for the hair. What do you, what do you think? There's, there's one snack I want to bring up, which... A client has had in the past that I absolutely love them, but like I feel so guilty because I, I like crunchy uh-huh. snacks and they have these seaweed chips. Those are so good. They're <laughs> so tasty. It's like so umami <laughs> and so crunchy, yeah. but like it's so loud. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, it's like one of those commercials where you bite into it and everyone turns their head. <laughs> so I have to like really restrict my intake of those. Like. Mm. I have a granola mix that I like to bring. I've recently started doing this more and more often. I like almonds and there's chocolates in it and cranberries. But I mean, one, it does kind of ruin your appetite, which gum doesn't do. But what happens is around like three-ish in the afternoon every day, I have a feeling of just like wanting to eat like a, something. 
Mm. And so it's there. <laughs> so I, if I bring it, it's there. If not, what we usually do was to go take a break and go get like a cookie or something mm. or a brownie or something like that. And I think the almonds are better. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also they kind of, you know, right there, you can share them with the person you're working with. So that helps, I think, with a little bit of bonding. Yeah. So almonds. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I used to do M&M's. And M&M's, they, like, at the office, they have, like, an auto dispensary where you put your hand under and M&M's come out. Like, it's, like, so dangerous because you can just sit there, like, oh, my God, it's magical, M&M's or whatever. But then I had to look out for, like, if, you know, if I'm getting diabetes, I got to be careful. So I, I definitely moved over to almonds, and that's actually been very helpful for right. my health in general. That's- and, you know, people are like, oh, almonds? No, I want M and M's. The chocolate is better. I'm like, yeah, you have that. I'll have this, and I really want. See adult that. snack. Yeah, exactly. See Obama snack, right? Seven day at almonds or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no uh, almonds have been working out great. Yeah. As well. So, like, I I never had worked at a place where snacks were provided before. It'd always be something like, oh, I want a snack. I have to need to like leave the building and like venture outside. And like, kind of waste company time a little bit, but like, <laughs> you know, the, there's that like natural break and limitation where I have to like spend time and money in order to get snacks. Yeah. And like, the idea of having an office where you have like an M M&M and M dispenser like easily available, like you're never hungry, like there's never a feeling of hunger. You're always provided for, and I mean it's great, but at the same time, like I do kind of miss like the limitations there. Yeah. And also walking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think, I don't know if you all would agree, but, like, I think the walking part, I definitely use, like, coffee for that. Like, I'll say, oh, I'm going to go grab a coffee. And everyone just, that is my time where I, like, step out, even though, like, M&Ms are provided. Like, coffee, mm-hmm. I still go outside for coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, even if it's provided in the office, I'm still going to step outside for it. Because <laughs> that's, like, what you step outside for. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Cool. Glad to hear everyone's opinions on different workstations and styles and how you guys are able to do the great work that you do with things outside of the keyboard. Standing desks are great. And make sure you eat adult snacks so you don't get diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have any picks that we have? I have a couple of picks. One is, they're both conferences. One is Codeland, which is a brand new conference that's targeted at beginner and intermediate developers. And the organizer is a friend of mine, Saran Yitbarek. Shout out to Saran, she's amazing. And I am helping out with reviewing the applicants for the speakers. And there is like, there's tons of great stuff. So I'm really excited for the lineup. Everybody should come. It's going to be here in New York. Forgot, I don't know the dates offhand, so I'll have to pick this again in a later episode. And same <laughs> same for MPEX, which is an Empire, it's a, an Elixir conference that's happening here in New York City. I'm not directly involved in that, but Stride is sponsoring it, and there are free tickets, so I'm definitely going to go to that. Yeah, I'm going to have to <laughs> myself. Looking nice. forward to see what that brings. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, for me like i had spent a lot of time doing back-end development mainly you know just really deep in python and django and orms and all that fun stuff but i i recently got a chance to start working on some more full stack stuff again and it's just really nice kind of like sticking my head up out of the the depths of the back-end systems and seeing what what the light of the front-end world is like (laughs) 
That's pretty cool. I mean, like I imagine dealing with uh, a lot of back end related code bases, but now that you are able to do the whole thing, like the deliver something from beginning to end, it's probably a completely different experience now. Yeah, definitely. And like, it's always satisfying, like working on something on the back end. But then if you tell someone else about it, it's like never quite as impressive as if you have something actually to show for it, I think. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that's why some people actually choose like front and all because you can show it off at the end. Of the right. Day. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. I'd like to thank the panelists today. Thank you guys for coming out. And thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole. See you next time.